you know, a little story about Jack Mack when we were, I think we lost like three or four in a row. And Jack Mack would be like, everybody meet at the bar. <laughs> and then we'd, we'd go have drinks and, and just hang out and just chat with each other. And just, you know, he knew how to in, have people enjoy the game. And he felt like, you know, enjoying the game was all part of winning. And then it's a stressful game. Um, so, you know, sometimes when things weren't going well, Jack Mack was like, we're just going to have a fun time and just chat with each other and hang out. <laughs> it worked. Like, he was just the best. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles, episode 27 of the show this week. Thanks so much for giving us your time of day and hope you've enjoyed the first 26 episodes of the show as we continue to roll right along. Mike McKenna is our most recent guest here on Crunch Chronicles, and we're staying in the goaltender union this week as we go back a little bit further down into Crunch history. We get a guy who spent just over a year with the Crunch, one full season in Syracuse, and then five games the following season. We're talking between the 1997-98 and the 98-99 seasons back in the Vancouver days, and we're talking about goaltender Corey Hirsch, who is our guest here on Crunch Chronicles today. Corey, as we said, spent those year plus in Syracuse, one full season where he played 60 games in 1997-1998, had a 30-win season for the Crunch, 30, 22, and 6 record in Syracuse that year. Came back the following season, played five more games with the Crunch with a 2-3 and three record. But it was kind of an adjustment for him in his first year with the Crunch. He had been in the NHL with Vancouver for a couple of years already. He had been with the New York Rangers prior to that. He had been with the Binghamton Rangers in the AHL along the lines as well. He was during that Stanley Cup run for the Rangers in 1994. He was a black ace for a stretch. So he had seen a lot. He had been through a lot. And then he came to Syracuse in 1997, 1998, had a very strong year for the Crunch. After that, he played a couple of other NHL stops with Washington and with Dallas, just a couple of games there. Spent a lot of time in the AHL with other teams uh, finishing off with the Utah Grizzlies in 2002-2003. Over the course of his career, though, and what Corey and a lot of what our conversation coming up with him will be about ended up being about mental health. He has become a serious and a loud advocate for mental health for uh, for athletes and for hockey players, and it was a, a wonderful conversation we had with him about that and how important that is and the struggles he went through as a player. They were before his time with the Crunch, but he obviously still carried that and and uh, you know was a better person at the end of the day because of what he went through and, and how he was able to deal with it moving forward. But it was a very important conversation I feel like we had with Corey Hirsch today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It is episode 27 of Crunch Chronicles with former Crunch goaltender Corey Hirsch. Oh, I'm doing amazing. What's keeping me busy? I uh, do the radio for the Vancouver Canucks, who were the affiliate with Syracuse back when I played, so that's pretty cool. And uh, I do a lot of speaking on mental health. Um, I try and uh, talk and uh, help as many people as I can. We've got a mental health crisis going on, obviously, in North America, probably all over the world. So that's pretty much what keeps me busy. Three kids, um, you know, always asking for money. So (laughs) got to work. Got to work. 
I hear you. Well, it's uh, those are two obviously the areas that we definitely want to touch on. So I guess we'll start there first of all with uh, with uh, the Canucks, uh, an organization you played for, and, and as you said, while you're here in Syracuse, that was the parent club. But now on the radio side, how have you enjoyed you know that that side of things uh, since your playing days are done? You, you coached for a bit. Now you've been on on the radio side as an analyst. What's that been like for you? I've been blessed with so many great things outside of the game. I know a lot of guys struggle outside of it. I. I really enjoy media. Um, I like hearing myself talk, and I like attention. So <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> right. So those are, if you're out there and you're listening and you like attention, media is a great career to get into. Um, no, but it's uh, it's been so much. It's it's a blast. I mean, I get to talk of hockey for a living. It doesn't get any better than that, right? It's um, just so lucky to be able to do what I do and still be involved in the NHL. Uh, post career is difficult. It's difficult on a lot of guys, and it's they trying to find your footing. But I'll be honest, the mental health stuff for me has been a uh, blessing. I believe there's healing and helping people. And when you help people, it's uh, you know it's just it's, it's good for the soul. Uh, it's good for everybody, and there's. Uh, so much value in it for everyone. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And that is such a, a crucial thing these days. The, it's becoming more and more, I guess, acceptable to talk about it, of course. And that's the goal to make it more of an open conversation. And, and you had a you know piece four or five years ago now, I guess, in the Players' Tribune about the struggles you had. Uh, what, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to share, you know, here for the Absolutely. listeners who maybe hadn't, uh, hadn't read that article, uh, you know, the path that you had, what you went through and, and, and how that, you know, how you overcame it and, and got to where you are now. Yeah, well, the Coles notes are that I really struggled with obsessive compulsive disorder while I was playing, and it, uh, you know, the, the fact that I didn't get help for it and didn't really know what was going on kind of took my career down. But, uh, you know, when I was in Syracuse, I, I was actually doing quite well. I'd been diagnosed, I got a lot of help, and, uh, you know, this is uh, a little bit after, you know, things were an issue. But, um, but since then, um, <clears throat> I've made it a a passion of mine to make sure that nobody has to go through what I went through. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there struggling. Um, and my article came out in 2017 it's in the Players Tribune. If you want to take a look, it's called dark, 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 dark. And I left everything on the table. You know, I talked about a suicide attempt. I talked about what it's like to have obsessive compulsive disorder. And I talked about what it's like to come out on the other side and encourage people to get help because it gets better. And, uh, I'm living proof of that. So if you want to go to the Players' Tribune and take a look at that, it's great. I've also got a new podcast on the Players' Tribune. It's called Blindsided. And uh, Kurt Warner's episode came out yesterday. We've had Bubba Watson. We've had um, Kevin Love. You know, we've had some really, really solid interviews. And Paul Biznet came on, too. And it's all about people that have gone through stuff as professional athletes, just like anybody else, and have sort of triumphed and come out the other side. Uh, mental health is always a work in progress. So if you want to take a look at that, anywhere you can get your podcast, uh, Blindsided, is, it's so powerful. Uh, and it's just, it's probably my most proud project of my life. And I, we're hoping that it helps tons and tons of people. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you should definitely be proud about that. With uh, it, it is, as we said, an ever-evolving um, conversation that is really hitting the forefront here. Uh, for for people who are, you know, are wondering what what steps they might need to take if, if they're if they're not sure, maybe they maybe they're going through OCD or something similar, or have a mental health, um, whether it's a crisis or just uh, you know questions about it. What what you know what should someone do to uh, to take those next steps? Great question. Well, if you know you're struggling, the first thing you go is you go see your GP, your doctor. Or, you know, you, you confide in somebody you trust that you know is going to be non-judgmental. 
uh, and uh, uh, just you know, sometimes it's just talking, just being able to get it out. Um, but if you have if there's something severe, first step is your GP, and then going and getting a referral to a psychiatrist, getting diagnosed. Um, you know, and, and then going from there and getting healthy, whether you go a natural route or a medication route, there's no wrong or right answer. Um, but that is their first step. And, you know, and don't be afraid to talk to somebody you trust, somebody that can understand what you're going through. Uh, and this is the stuff I speak on. Hopefully we can make a, a change in the world and a, a little bit of a, a dent in some of the struggles people have. It's uh, after COVID, we're all going through things. Doesn't matter if you're a doctor, lawyer, professional athlete, or a media guy like you and I. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can, you know, we all go through stuff. So never be afraid to get help. Uh, uh, you know, looking at it from a hockey perspective or a professional athlete perspective, uh, as we said, it has been evolving and it's been changing. And um, you know, the conversation is more and more open. But comparing from your time as a player to now, I know things have definitely improved. But we're, you know, you're still around the game, obviously. Uh, I don't know how close you can be this year in the last couple of years with COVID, of course, but how have you seen the evolution of, of you know, the openness and, and the willingness of teams to, uh, to, to help and to have those conversations, whether it's with the players yeah. or with staff as well? It's gotten a little bit better. I think the teams are a lot more um, accepting of it. You know, the stigma when I played was everywhere, so it just wasn't. But I think it's, I think it's getting better. The issue we have is the players are not – you know, reaching out. And that's mostly because it's so competitive. Um, and you know, you don't want somebody to, uh, to think that you're weak when it's actually the opposite. I mean, you look at Michael Phelps suffers from depression. I always use this one, 23 gold medals. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't tell me he's weak, right? Like don't even dare tell me that he's weak. And like I said, I just had Kevin Love on. I just had Paul Bizanet, uh, Kurt Warner. They all talk about their struggles too. And you don't tell me those guys are weak. So there's no shame in getting help, but we do need players to move forward. The numbers are supposedly one in five. So uh, I think they're closer to three and five. So any championship team you have, any hockey team or whatever, that's statistically, you know, 20% of that team is, is struggling. And like I said, it does not discriminate. <laughs> so I don't care if you're a professional athlete or not. Uh, it affects us all the same way. Yeah, that's incredible, that number. And what a, what a crazy statistic to think about, really, and, and just yeah. how how much it you know it affects everyone. And I'm sure, as you said, with COVID, it, it's probably going to get even higher at some point oh, yeah. uh, for the next little bit. But uh, hopefully the conversations can continue and we can, uh, you know, whether it's affecting one person uh, or, or, you know, make an improvement in one person at a time. I guess that's kind of the approach you have to take when, when you're out on your speaking tour. You're hoping to you want to affect as many people as possible but really uh, one person at a time. No question. And that's exactly what it is. And anytime you can help people or help someone else, even if you just listen, you know, to a friend or whatever, it's, it's such a, it's a gift that, you know, people don't understand that just by talking and listening is such a great thing to do. But uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and my time in Syracuse, I really enjoyed my time in Syracuse. I really did. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping they got a new building. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got some improvements to the old building. It's the same building, just a little, uh, yeah. little nicer on the inside. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I loved it, though. It was loud and it was fun and it was it really was a great building and great fans. Uh, I enjoyed my time in Syracuse. Um, and Syracuse uh, uh, fans will love this because I didn't enjoy my time that much in Binghamton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> oh, I love Binghamton. It was good, too. They were always good, too. So, 
Yeah, yeah good teams, good yeah. people. Well, like you said, you, you you spent one season and then a couple of extra games uh, the following season with the Crunch back in uh, back in the late nineties. Your, your full season was nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, you were with the Canucks, as you said, and uh, you played sixty games. It, it seems unheard of now for what we see at the AHL level, where most of the time there's the the little tandem you split games but you know what do you when you look back at your time in the crunch you, you kind of just touched on it over on a, a broad spectrum there but you know what stands out to you from that one season you spent with the crunch you know what what stands out to me was um there's a couple of things one is is that they they were oh and ten to start the year and then when i got there i i, I you know i kind of solidified their goaltending we went on we made the playoffs so that you know for me that was a that was a big moment, you know. That was a big to be able to help a team like that and your teammates is and turn it around is such a such a great thing. And the other is is that I met a a really good friend of mine and, and he's passed on probably about a year, year and a half ago, which is Jack McElhar. He was my coach. And uh he was one of my favorite coaches and one of my favorite people. Um just a heart and soul guy. And uh uh, you know, I, I love Jack Mack. It's it's sad that he's gone. But, uh, you know, he left a legacy with me. He, I, I struggled being in the minors after being in the, um, you know, in the NHL. And, um, you know, everybody wants to be in the NHL. AHL is a good league, but you want to be in the NHL. And, and he pulled me aside one day. I wasn't playing very well. And I was feeling a bit sorry for myself. And he said, look, Hershey, you know, the only way out of this league is to play your way out. And uh, it really changed my attitude. Um, you know, and I, I carry that with me today. So, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest memories I have from Syracuse. Uh, just the the ability to take the team from, you know, being you know, crushed at the start of the year to a playoff spot and then uh, getting to, to play for Jack Mack. Yeah, we hear that a lot about Jack Mack and, and what, you know, the impact he made uh, for the, the players at that time and obviously stayed very much connected with the Canucks organization for for a long time. And that's kind of what we, we get the sense of a lot of the the folks who were here in Syracuse, uh, whether it was coaching, management, uh, have stayed connected. You know, look at Stan, uh, Stan Smeal, of course, yeah. who is still there. And what was, you know, you were, yeah, yeah. You, he wasn't here in Syracuse while you were here. He ended up coaching a couple of years later. But you know, what is, uh, what do you think of when you think of Stan Smeal? You know what? I know Stan very well now because he's in Vancouver and we have coffee every once in a while. And yeah, it's a, the greatest part about the Canucks organization and no, I don't know how things left in Syracuse. I'm not sure. I, you know, I was gone by then or whatever. But um, you know, Stan Smeal is just kind. Uh, you know, he wants everybody to do well. Uh, he works in the game same way he worked on the ice. You know, just um, head down, full steam ahead. And uh, you know, especially uh, you know, they just have great people in this organization and. I think the players were lucky to be able to learn from someone like him and uh, Jack Mack. So, you know, a little story about Jack Mack when we were, I think we lost like three or four in a row and Jack Mack would be like, everybody meet at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) We'd go have drinks and and just hang out and just chat with each other. Just, you know, he knew how to have people enjoy the game. And he felt like, you know, Enjoying the game was all part of winning, and then it's a stressful game. Um, so you know, sometimes when things weren't going well, Jack Mack, like we're just gonna have a fun time and just chat with each other and hang out. <laughs> it worked; like he was just the best. 
it, it does seem, uh, you know, I've been around in the, this game for a number of years now, not not forever, but every team that has success, it seems like they, uh, you know, they all get along. They're, they're able to hang out away from the ice, uh, away from the rink, have a good time, know how to, you know, kind of separate those two things and, and uh, you know, bring a team closer together, whether it's going to the bar, having a drink or, you know, a, a little uh, Christmas party, whatever it might be. That's That seems to be a key for a, a successful team. So, you know, this, uh, like, I couldn't tell you a lot of the games I played. I remember a few in Syracuse. I remember a few in the NHL. What I can remember is the people, the moments we had, um, the team, the camaraderie. And that's what it's all about. That's why I encourage people to put their kids in sports, whether it's an individual sport, team sport, or any kind of program, because it's all about people. And it's all about we're learning to work together as a team for a common goal. Those are life skills. So, um, you know, yeah. And, and the game is gone for me, but those people are still my friends, right? That's forever. Uh, and I, and I love that. Um, you know, like Sven Butenshawn who played with me in Syracuse, he's still, you know, I, I've, I've seen him lots. We hang out every once in a while. And that was you know, almost 24 years ago. So it's the people, the people stay, you know, the game is great, but someday it ends. And uh, it's all about people and friendships. Yeah, we've had a couple of the guys on from, you know, that the season that you played in Syracuse. Uh, we had Tyson Nash, who is doing similar role oh, to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he was on uh, about a month or two ago. We had Brent Sopel, who is a, a wonderful guest as well. And obviously very much active in, in kind of the same space that you are. What, you know, you have a thought for, for those two guys. And, uh, yeah, I know Tyson Nash was, uh, was a real riot for sure. Oh, he was the best. And Nasher and I used to go at it head to head because <laughs> we played junior together. So we were always, always jabbing at each other before the game. And I remember there was one time he got me pretty good. He actually had me rattled. <laughs> but we would just, it was, uh, we, we just had, and we're still friends today too. Like Nasher, um, I see him around the league. Uh, and like I said, those, that's what, that's what things are. That's why I encourage people to keep their kids in sports or whatever the, you know, it can be art. It can be music. It can be whatever it is, but you know, get them around people and make friends. It doesn't matter if you play in the NHL or get professional. It's about meeting people and enjoying the sport or the game or whatever you're doing. Corey Hirsch, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, you kind of talked about playing in this building here in Syracuse and, and how loud it can be, and obviously that's a big part of it of the, the fans being here. And and uh, they're always talking about how passionate they are. It's been 28 seasons now, hard to believe. You know, when you were here, it was one of the first seasons of this organization. Now, year 28 this year. Well, you know, what was your experience like? Whether it was at the rink, uh, you know, in the community uh, with the Crunch fans. Yeah, you know what? Um, but what I do remember was um you know i i was a bit of a church goer and this is one thing i do remember and it was it was a church downtown and it was it was predominantly uh you know a black community and just how they welcomed me and my wife and my family and we just i, I just loved it it was just i love the people um and it was just so so much fun and the kindness that people show me and um, it was just, I loved it. It was, um, it was so good. And, and people just enjoyed the game, right? They just enjoyed the game. And, um, it was, uh, you know, I can't say enough about it. Uh, it was when I look back, 
Um, it was one of the f- most fun seasons. I was going to say funnest, but I don't think that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get away with that one here. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just everything. Like I said, the church, the community, the every, just feeling so welcomed and just uh, people were so kind. And, and uh, I had a really great experience in Syracuse. Uh, Jim Sirosi, you know, Howard Dogan, it, they were they treated me like gold. And uh forever thankful for a little bit of time and it was a tough time for me i had played in the nhl for a couple of years and nobody wants to go down to the minors right you want to play in the nhl um and it was it was something that really helped turn my career around and and um you know just i had a lot of life lessons there that and a lot of good friends it was really cool oh that's certainly what we uh, like to hear and and hope that uh, everyone has that experience here in syracuse Corey hirsch our guest here on crunch chronicles Corey, we know you have to run here before we let you go uh this is a crunch podcast of course but you have a goaltender up there in vancouver who crunch fans saw a lot of when he was here in utica with the utica comets and thatcher demko and uh, he was the perfect foil for what was a great rivalry between the crunch and the comets and always a a fun goalie to watch what you know what has thatcher demko brought to the nhl from your perspective and and why has he been so good for vancouver he he is so good he is so good um i think he's going to be a top five goalie in the national hockey league at some point if he's not already this guy has won at every level. He's got a level head. He's a, he's a very humble, confident, um, you know, person. Uh, and, and I really enjoy watching him play. And that's where the AHL is great for guys to develop, um, to play their game, to um, be able to hone their skills. And, and playing in the minors for Thatcher Demko is probably one of the best things he could do. Uh, and he is just, like I said, he is a, a dynamite person, a great goalie. The Canucks are lucky to have him. They're going to build a team around him. But I will say this, and it's not about Thatcher Demko. Before I finish, I still hate the Rochester Americans. (laughs) (laughs) All good. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you why. Because I went into that building and got killed every time I played there. (laughs) No, you know what? Like I said, that whole area, upstate New York, was I enjoyed it. And a shout-out to Dinosaur Barbecue for all the great meals that I had <laughs> there, the meat fest. Yeah, you can't go wrong Love with it. that, for sure. Uh, our, Corey Hirsch, our guest here, Corey, we'll, we'll end with this one. Just any uh, any final thoughts, whether it's your time in the crunch, uh, any final thought on uh, on going back to the, our mental health conversation or just one final plug of where people can follow along and, and get your message? Uh, well, thank you. Yes, and blindsided with the Players' Tribune is, is a, a great first start. And I know it's a bit of a shameless plug, but it really isn't. It's going to help a lot of people. And so proud of that. And also, um, just, again, my time with the Crunch. Thank you, everybody, for being so kind to me when I was there, uh, welcoming my family. And uh, it's a memory that I won't forget, and I'm happy uh, you know, that it happened in my life. And again, lastly, for mental health, Go get the help. You won't regret it. Go see your GP. Don't be afraid to get the help. Um, you know, it'll be the greatest thing you ever do. Well, well said, uh, Corey Hirsch, our guest here this week on Crunch Chronicles. Corey, thanks so much for the time here today. Uh, we wish you well. Uh, hopefully uh, it's better times ahead for Vancouver. It seems like things are getting uh, uh, turned around there with the Canucks, and uh, we, uh, we wish you well and maybe see you soon here in Syracuse at some point down the line. Absolutely. You know, you guys can have me on at any time. I enjoy talking to you. Uh, anything I can do for the crunch, I am there. And I uh, love you guys. And thanks for the time and the platform for me to be able to speak on your pod. 
Well, there he is, Corey Hirsch, our guest here, episode 27 of Crunch Chronicles. We thank Corey for his time given this week on the show. Obviously, a very busy guy. He is involved in hockey still. He's part of the Vancouver Canucks uh, broadcast team there out in Vancouver. So uh, good of him to uh, be able to maneuver around his schedule a bit, give us some time to talk about his time with the Crunch. And obviously, as you heard, uh, a good focus as well about just the mental health side of things for players, for athletes, and really for anyone uh, these days. And uh, we hope you got a lot out of that conversation. We hope you learned a bit out of that conversation. Maybe uh, maybe you learned something or you take something out of it that you can uh, apply moving forward. But we thank Corey Hirsch for his time here on Crunch Chronicles. As we said, Corey spent just the year and change with the Crunch. Uh, 60 games one year, five games the next year, but a very impactful player uh, on the ice for the Crunch. And now obviously moving forward, a, a significant advocate off the ice for mental health and still involved in the game of hockey as well. You heard where you can listen and follow along with Corey Hirsch and his podcast. We recommend you do that as well. He is a, a very thoughtful individual and uh, bringing a lot of value to uh, to people who follow along with him. So we recommend you follow Corey Hirsch uh, and uh, keep up with him moving forward. But we thank him for his time this week. Hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. So if you have any stories about Corey Hirsch back in the day, we'd love to hear from them as always. Uh, you can reach me via Twitter at Lucas Favalli or via email lfavalli at syracusecrunch.com. I would love to hear any of those stories you have, whether it is about Corey Hirsch, whether it's Mike McKenna, whether it's any of our former guests, we'd love to hear them and share them here on an upcoming episode of Crunch Chronicles. Well, that's episode 27 in the books. As Corey Hirsch, our guest here today, we thank him as always. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Crunch Chronicles.